Y'all heard the bell. Y'all heard famous. Get in the class. <laughs> it's time for another episode of 90s R&B University. Schooling the miseducated on all things 90s rhythm and blues. You already know, but in case you forgot, it's your boy B, the professor. And I'm here with the entrancing, the ravishing. The always graceful <laughs> first lady, Shan. What's going on, Ma? Hey, hey, how are you this week? I'm feeling good, feeling great. We we made it. Right now. <laughs> we have. You we made have. it. You made it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we both we both call ourselves out here traveling. <laughs> Try to travel, y'all. Try to travel. Try to travel. Try to travel. You were in Colorado, is that right? I was Colorado. Damn, I got trapped in a winter storm. <laughs> oh my goodness! I have survived. And I was in. I was, I was in Las I'm Vegas. I'm a survivor. You're a survivor. <laughs> 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 I was in Vegas, and we were we were coming home, and the pilot was like, "Yeah, we're gonna take the scenic route because we don't want to go anywhere near Denver." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no, that's <laughs> okay. where Shane is." <laughs> It was hilarious, but I thought about you. You would have seen you with an SOS sign. Right, I looked down, like, oh, there she go. (laughs) Exactly, man. So you were trapped in the airport. You were trapped in the airport for a little bit. (laughs) I was. It was, it was, it was quite a time. They could have, they could have gave you a little bit of voucher or something to go to the lounge or something. They they were uh they were pretty helpful with everything. They gave like some complimentary food and all that stuff, oh, good. And blankets and things like that. So good. We were okay. <sighs> it was just the experience. <laughs> well, we tried it. <laughs> <laughs> and now we back home. <laughs> you know, just, glad to be back home. Yes, amen. <laughs> you know, it feels like the world. We're trying to get back to normal. See, as people mm-hmm. get their vaccines. Did you get yours yet? Mm-mm. Oh yeah, you got I have not. I got mine. So, I need but... some. I need some more research to be done. <laughs> I got mine. I feel <laughs> fine. I only passed out twice. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know we're getting closer and closer and closer to outside events, and you know mm-hmm. that means '90s R&B karaoke is not too far behind. I'm praying. I'm praying. Not too far away. Come on. I'm ready. The first. I'm singing gospel. <laughs> <laughs> Coming through with the melodies from oh, heaven. Oh, oh, melodies from heaven and definitely stomp. I'm singing stomp. <laughs> there we go. Close it out with revolution. That's right. Whoop, whoop. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and speaking of Kirk Franklin. Dum dum dum. Ah, you heard the recording. You've seen the memes. <gasps> You've heard the mm. cover songs. <laughs> crazy, mm-hmm. crazy, crazy. So, if you don't know, uh, Carry On Franklin, son of Kirk Franklin, released a, a video, a recording, of a recording of his phone, of a conversation with Kirk Franklin, uh, where, where the gospel uh, producer is cussing him out, mm-hmm. threatening to do all kind of things to his butt. <laughs> Whoop him down and literally stomp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> GP, are you with me? Oh yeah, <laughs> I couldn't resist. I'm sorry, I could not. You, resist. you had to. You had to. You know, it's just one of those things. Like 
for me, it's not even, I'm not shocked about the cursing, like, for real. No, not at all. For Kirk Franklin to make the kind of music that he makes, he has mm-hmm. to have a hip-hop vocabulary. He has to oh, have absolutely. an edge to him. He hang out with Kanye, he hang out with Chance the Rap, but there's, there's an mm-hmm. edge to Kirk Franklin. Don't be fooled. <laughs> he might be Kirk on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, he is plies. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Not, not Ply. <laughs> absolutely, oh, absolutely. Not Ply. Um, Ply said that was not Kirk. That was him. <laughs> That's what he said. He did. Oh, I'm glad he. I'm glad he put it out there. Uh, so, Kirk, he put out a PSA to everybody. You know, he was real apologetic. Mm-hmm. He didn't owe me any explanation, to be honest. Not at all. You know, like he said, it was a private family matter. Family is not mm-hmm. perfect. You all, you always going to get into some arguments with the people that you love. For sure, Absolutely. you can't can't get by it. Uh, he, you know, his son put out this video with the intention of humiliating Kirk Franklin. Mm-hmm. You know, but he forgot one thing: we love mm-hmm. Kirk Franklin. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. Kirk Franklin has given us so much wonderful inspiration and faith over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no way that we weren't going to rally around him and support him. <laughs> <laughs> in this time it's when he needed to, like, try to cancel Kirk Franklin like yeah 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 really I'm, there's some Kirk cancellations that, that I'll, I'll mm-hmm. get on board with and subscribe to but you're not canceling cancel Kirk, Kirk Franklin not not for Kirk this Kirk. not for this I will say you know mm-hmm. there are other there are other bigger things that could be happening here yes, you know absolutely. No, and I don't know everything about his son you know mm-hmm. I really don't but I, I can imagine that being his son gives you certain opportunities and oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that some of us might never imagine having just being his son. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know that, that, in, that the full dynamic of their relationship. So I can't, yeah, I can't but so I do true. know that it was disrespectful. It was ungrateful. You know, his own sister yeah. wasn't defending him in this situation. Mm, um, okay. Yeah. And I get, I get upset when I've been having, listening to all the thought pieces and, and, uh, comments from people. Let's let's call it what it is. This is not a child. This is a thirty-two no, year old no. man. Very grown. <laughs> Very, grown. Very grown. Very grown. So he was not cussing that little boy. And he didn't play the full interview. He started oh, off. He true. started off the video with Kurt at, at ten. <laughs> you know, upset. So mm-hmm. I want to know what took place to get him there. What did you do to make Kirk Franklin that upset mm-hmm. that he had to come out of his uh, melodies from heaven and silver and gold? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely sounds like there was some type of you know ulterior motive at hand. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure this isn't the first argument or things that they've had. No. So why? you know, publicizing now. Yeah, and Kirk said, you know, it's been an ongoing issue that they've been having, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I I hope that they find a a way to work it out. Um, Yes, me too. Either in private or on Ayanda or something, but something needs to come (laughs) (laughs) to to some sort of resolution between them and the family. Yeah, she'll have them together. together. It'll be a four-part episode, beloveds. (laughs) 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 So we're going to pray on that. We are, definitely. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> what a week. Oh, my gosh. So we also had the Grammys. 
that took she place did last have week. A Grammy. Yeah. It was different. Mm-hmm. It was a little sit down dinner. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting to see. Yeah. I will say that. But you know, some of our predictions actually. That's right. Be- we had some predictions last mm-hmm. episode. So did any of them I come did. to fruition? Yes, for me, let us see. Let us see. I was super excited. I can't believe that she's just now getting her first Grammy. Right? That's ridiculous. Yeah. But I was super excited when I I saw that she. Yeah, yeah, no. Big accomplishment for her Mm -hmm. and long overdue, we should say. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. (sighs) We also got to talk about Beyonce. Mm -hmm. Queen B. Queen B. She took home her 28th Grammy Award, which made her the most yes. awarded artist in Grammy history. Well, deserved. This is your girl. Well deserved. Beyonce works very hard. Yeah. I mean, from a youngin' up until now, she has been consistent with her work. And what can you say? People love Beyonce. Yeah. They love mm-hmm. Beyonce. Yeah. And I was feeling some kind of, because I always think that the Grammys kind of, shades her when it comes to like mm-hmm. album of the year like they always snub her all that yeah, stuff yeah, but all the, time. the numbers don't lie the fact that she's gotten the most awards this is true. Um, and this i love that true. she broke that record with like the blackest song in her catalog yes, right? <laughs> uh, that was just extra extra icing on the cake uh and I loved her speech. I love her yeah. speech, you know, to the little black boys and black girls. And also, of course, thanking her kids. Like, she was just like a proud mom up there. Yeah. She just completely for- stopped talking about her accomplishment and then just focused on Blue Ivy, which I loved. Who also loved. won a Grammy <laughs> last week. also week. won a Grammy. Blue Ivy. The whole family. The was whole family was Everybody racking up the Grammy. twins. You get a Grammy. You get a Grammy. You get a Grammy. From now on, in every school play, they have to say Grammy award-winning award-winning. <laughs> Blue Ivy. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Make sure that's in the program. <laughs> it has to be. It has to be. Oh, my God. It's such a great accomplishment for her. I don't know. Does she understand that she won a Grammy that she <laughs> made I'm history? Sure, I'm well? sure she does. Yeah. She, she, she does. Yeah. And it was more history made because mm-hmm. of it another Beyonce magic. Uh, She and Megan Thee Stallion took home the award for best rap song collaboration uh, for Savage Remix. Uh, First Mm -hmm. females to do so. That is an incredible accomplishment. Super proud of Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion. You know, that's the hometown right there. Yeah, that's you wrapped up in one. (laughs) H-Town, stand up. There you go. That's all I gotta say. H Town, stand up. We in that thing. I love, I love, love, love Megan. She's, <laughs> I love an artist who is still new and they still get so excited about, you know, yes. being, like I don't think she knew Beyonce was even there. So to have her walk up stage with her and accept the award. Nobody knew she was coming. They just kind of slithered. They just kind of slithered in. Yeah, no, she like, she called like, how many people over there? All right, we social distance. I'll, I'll be over. <laughs> <laughs> I can come. <laughs> just kind of slid in there. Yeah. Oh, wait, Beyonce's here and Jay Z. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then they disappeared. The like I didn't see them sitting down there anymore. I was like, where they go? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, another <laughs> another histor- historical moment. We had the mm-hmm. first Grammy awarded to Nazir Jones. Why has this yes. never happened before? 
I do not know. I feel like he has been long over. Like for Grammy. real. Like not one <laughs> Grammy for everything this man has it's given been us. Forever, forever. Literally, and dropping gems and jewels and making us think. Yes. It's crazy. But, you know, no time like 2021 to make it all happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and just want to go back to Megan. <laughs> um, I think we can finally give Janet Jackson a break. It's something that's been <laughs> bothering me <laughs> about. <laughs> I just have to say that. You know, oh, she, she and Cardi B were really out here on primetime TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Performing WAP. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, using the heel of a, a stiletto as a pole. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah, scissoring, a lot. doing reverse cowgirl, all on primetime CBS TV. It was not the equalizer that was on. It was <laughs> some whores in this house. <laughs> like this is the number one channel in nursing homes. <laughs> They got a taste of WAP that day. Yeah, like, I don't know. People have heart attacks. <laughs> mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think we should definitely, we got to cut Demeter Joe some slack from now on. Like, her bedazzled no, breasts was nothing compared to what what I saw <laughs> <laughs> last week. There was, like, a crazy gasp. Like, if you watch the video again, there's a crazy gasp of people when they did that flip. <laughs> And oh god! Yeah, I'm you gotta a, check I gotta it re-watch again. It. Yeah, I have to rewatch it. Yeah, it was it was something else. But then your boys, they mm-hmm. came through as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They did. Bruno, I was like, Anderson. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> and it was, I love it was him. exactly the visual that I imagined that you for thought, that right? song. <laughs> <laughs> that you With the it was stars crazy. and the matching suits and the doo-wop in the yes. back. Oh yeah, it was it was perfect. It was great. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> Vocals sounded great. It, yeah. yeah. The Grammys Can't did, did very well this year. I, I kind of like the scale down. Um, of course, you know, in true Grammy form, they got to give Taylor Swift something. <laughs> <They gotta, laughs> she's there, give us something. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. Mm. But what can you do? Mm. Beyonce won, won the biggest award of the night. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy. I, I feel balanced. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, so it was it was a it was a good show, I have to say. It was it better was. than previous years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just want to point out, Billie Eilish dedicating her award to Megan Thee Stallion was one of the funniest things. It was things. great. It, it was, was great, great and funny. I thought it was great. It was great. It was great. <laughs> oh man, and what? I like that Trevor um, Trevor Noah was the host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, you know, can't wait for next year. Seeing how music <laughs> evolves and and how the Grammys, it'll be completely different, literally, because hopefully we'll be everybody will be in the same room and it'll be yeah, you know, back definitely. to back to normal. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Before we move on, we have to uh, acknowledge uh, one of our fallen uh, heroes. Mm-hmm. I want to say rest in peace to Reggie Warren of R and B group Troop. Uh, mm-hmm. Troop. He passed away at the age of fifty-two. Goodness. Wow. Yeah, it's that's young. That's young. Very young. Yeah. Very young. Yeah, so we just want to wish his family I pray for them and send our mm-hmm. condolences um as he, you know, spreads his wings as Trip always yeah. used to say. Um Oh well, we're gonna move on to our our show. 
You know, we mm. continuing with <laughs> our Women's History Month. It's March. We are. Ladies first, ladies first. <laughs> <laughs> and last week we spoke about the underrated divas. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we did. We wish we had more time for that episode because there were so many that we could have talked about and people chimed in. Yeah. Thank you to the Z High for chiming in over the week and letting us know who we <laughs> forgot. <laughs> Trust me, we didn't forget them, but we appreciate quite you adding them to our we list. Quite a few. Yeah, so always shout out to the Z High. They got our backs. Uh, yes. So this week, you had a chance to speak with one of those unsung ladies. Is that right? I did. Yeah. I, did. I had the chance to speak with Miss Misha Lay. Yeah. Michelle. Such a such a sweet lady. So this book do a doop boop. No more lies, it's my champ. <laughs> oh man, so how was that? It was very interesting. You know, I got to learn a lot about her process with her um, singing and songwriting and speak to uh, you know, speak about a lot of her experiences that, you know, makes her the artist and the woman that she is today. Yeah, she's had quite a life, quite a life story. Quite a yeah, life. I learned a lot from watching the uh, the biopic that she had. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just always knew about her her voice, and I loved her music growing up. I loved her, yes. her first album I used to play out <laughs> back in 1990. <laughs> um, so it was nice to hear you speak about her, um, speak mm -hmm. with her, uh, and get a little deeper. So I can't wait for everybody to hear it, so... Without further ado, we gonna cut to your conversation with the Michelle. Enjoy, y'all. Hi, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? I am great, I am great. I am so glad that we have this opportunity to speak with you. Oh, good, thank you. Exciting. <laughs> so are we. So we're gonna go ahead and and really get started and discuss the music and everything that you've been working on. And I kind of just want to go back to that very, very first record. What was that time like for you when you were recording your first album? Excuse me, when you were recording your first album? Um, wow, a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, recording your first album is... um. No expectations. Mm -hmm. When you, when you, I think when you're just wanting to be creative, which is what we were at that time, we didn't really know it was gonna blow up. We didn't know if it would take. We were just, to be honest, we loved music and we were creative and we were creative beings. So we were just doing what we loved to do. So we had no expectation of now. I think they know that money follows, mm -hmm. but we just did it because we just wanted to have good music that we wanted to listen to something we liked <laughs> absolutely you know what i mean absolutely it, it's so different now like we didn't go in with the expectation of trying to get to the top 10. i don't even know if we knew what the top 10 was <laughs> we we were just trying to be creative and love what we wanted to hear wow that is that is incredible so what did it feel like when you released you know, that very first single and you saw it soaring through the billboard charts. What is that? What did that feel like for you? Um, well, that's when we started understanding some of the music business and the competitiveness of it. Because mm -hmm. we really, that's not what we got into it to do. We just, like I said, we loved the music. 
Um, it was a good feeling because we realized that we were recognized by people we didn't even know existed. We mm-hmm. didn't know that now we're being grouped. You know, we we it was a learning experience at that time because then it became a business. It, yes. That's when it, we started going, hey, this is a business. And that's what, what my first take on being so young and not knowing because all we wanted to do was be in the studio. If you notice, artists from back then, we weren't trying to get rich. We were trying to do records after records. We were trying to do good music. Mm-hmm. And that's when, I, and so hearing it and knowing and hearing it on the radio for the first time was mind blowing. Um, and then seeing yourself get on the charts, you started understanding, oh, this is a competitive sport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this is what, you know, you know, so that's when, you know, you wanted you you started doing it for the creativeness of of having a good sound, but now you had to make sure you sounded well. Back then, we all had individual sounds more to say more like the now we were. You know, you knew Michelle from uh, uh, Anita Baker. Yeah. We all had just we had a distinctiveness about us, and so you knew. So it wasn't as it wasn't still competition. It was still who had the best love song to make you want to listen to. But we didn't want you not to listen to Anita Baker. We wanted you to listen to all of us. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So when you were going through this process and you were recording and songwriting and getting everything ready for your first album, can you take me a little bit um, through that journey of what that was like for you? Um, recording, you mean recording the album? Yes. Yeah, um, it was, it was, uh, let me see, how can I say it? It was a learning experience because I'd never been in a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't uh, know that you needed headphones to record on the mic. Um, I had never been in a professional type studio where I was recording. I visited some, but I'd never been in the booth. I knew what was going on and, you know, the board. I was like, what is this? Um, so to me, it was, um, well, it was like going to Disneyland for the first time. I was just <laughs> my was an amazement of everything um it was recording the album since i was a writer and dre was a producer of hip-hop not mm-hmm. so much r&b not so much uh knowing none of us played instruments so it was kind of like we had to fill our way for what we wanted to hear mm-hmm. so we were making it up as we went along so that's how we co- created what we did because there was no there was no blueprint when we went in we actually got up every day and went to the studio and created and um that's what we did so it it, it, what you saw was hours of being in the studio days of being in the studio uh daily creativeness not something that now they have 16 some people have 16 writers now for Mm -hmm. an album it was just us (laughs) we 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 got up every day. We took it home. We listened to it. Put, finally, got enough money to build a studio in the house, and it was just that's what we did. Wow, that is just like it's it's just so amazing to hear and just really to hear your your point of view from everything. Um, how did you get into songwriting? What was like? What was that um that like for you when you you first figured out? Hey. I have this knack or I have this talent to where I can write these songs and they can actually become something. Oh, wow. Um, I don't, you 
know what's funny? Um, I've considered myself a writer before I have considered myself a singer mm-hmm. because I used to just write. Like I used to love jingles on car- commercials, cartoons, and all that. <laughs> I would just be singing them and stuff. And my favorite was the orange juice commercial. And I just used to love it. And then I just started writing from, like, you know, having these young crushes, of, you know, little boys around that didn't pay me no attention. Mm-hmm. So I would write my feelings about it. But then I would sing it out because I would make a song about it because I'd be so hurt that they weren't paying no attention to me. <laughs> so music, yeah, music was always soothing. So I would just make my own little song to myself and sing it. You know, that was what I wanted to hear, you know. <laughs> and so I just started writing. So by the time I met Dre, I had probably written two, three, maybe four songs that I thought were decent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I didn't even know. I just was writing. I didn't know where it was going. I had, to be honest with you, I always wanted to sing, but I never thought it would be something that I would actually get a chance to do. So I was just, you know, I just it was just something I did. I just was natural to just do it. I, I never... I had any thought processes when I was doing it. I was just doing it from um, being hurt and rejected by the boys mm-hmm. or somebody hurt my feelings or watching somebody else's relationship go bad. And I'll go, aww. And then I would write something about it. Wow. So how did it come to be a song? Like, do you hear the melody first or do you just write down lyrics and put them together? How does that process come together for you? Um, it both ways. Okay. A lot of times it came a melody for me was at the beginning because I used to always have like a melody, but then a lot of it was just words on a paper and then I would figure out, um, from whatever mood I was feeling, I would have a melody from the mood I was feeling. So if I felt angry, like if you listen to No More Lives, I was angry. So mm-hmm. that's why I was, you say you love, I was angry. <laughs> so that, that came from, you know, so a lot of it came from a lot of it was on paper first and then it turned into, um, and then you hear close to me where I was calm and I just wanted him to be around. So I would, you know, <laughs> you know, everything became uh, the begging, the, you know, the, I need that, you know, so a lot of it came from it being on paper first. And what about Something in My Heart? How did that um, song really come about? And I have to tell you that that is one of my aunt's favorite songs. I mean, she plays that religiously. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Something in My Heart. That is, uh, that song was wrote in the in the time frame uh, like in the moment and hour and a day of his existence Mm -hmm. um i didn't have anything story about that really quick he sent me home he used to send me home with just the beat of the songs back then he didn't there was no piano there was no nothing to go by Mm -hmm. for anything else because he was a what a rap producer so he would send me home with all these beats and so I would be like, okay, I got to figure out something. And since I was good with melodies, it played really, it worked for us. Mm-hmm. And so when I got home with something in my heart, he said, we need a ballad. And we need a dope ballad. That's what he said. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, let me see. I got to really find something that, you know, that was hurtful. And then I realized what we were going through as him cheating on me which he did quite a bit before, after, during, you know, but I I wanted to just write something to let him know, because this is what something in my heart is about, that I didn't care what he did, I, I wanted to be with him, 
Like mm-hmm. I didn't care. I didn't care. And so that's where I got the idea from. And then I went from that to um, being able to put the lyrics to it. But those lyrics were what we were really living that mm-hmm. at the time, what we were really going through. And the other second verse of it came from us being in the studio together. Mm-hmm. And when I said to him in the second verse, where I started off saying, I don't, I don't care. I know we belong together. I was literally talking about us having that, that moment in the studio, you know, then all that came from, I was basically singing to him without knowing what I was really doing. Wow. Yeah. So it's really just that relatable experience before you because you were going through those things at the time and you really just put, yeah, just putting your heart out with yeah, that. It, it was no premeditation of writing it. The, most of it was written in the studio with him going through it. Hmm. Wow. So we're going to fast forward just a little bit and, you know, you released your, your second album, and what was that process like for you when you released this album and that transi- that transition from the first to the second? Oh, man, you're talking about that flop hung theory, huh? <laughs> okay, listen. No, because, you know, when I listened back and I had listened, it took me 15 years to listen back to hung theory. Mm-hmm. I only did it because some fans actually liked some of the records on there. And I was like, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> um. The part, the transition of Hong Jury was, I was making, I had made a decision in my life that I knew probably wasn't the right decision. Mm-hmm. I was in the midst of it, and fear wouldn't allow me to walk away. And so when you go to court, you're in a Hong Jury because nobody knows what to do. Mm-hmm. And that's where I titled it. I didn't know nobody around me. Everybody that I did ask, which was just two people, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to tell me, you know, and I just went, well, the jury's hung. So every song on there, it's probably one of the most saddest albums that I've ever heard. Mm. (laughs) Um, I was writing, if you listen to it, it's about everything I was going through. Everything I was going through was on that. I couldn't write anything else. I couldn't think of a, a top 10 hit. I couldn't think of a, a commercial sounding song because my whole place of my being was what I was going through. And it all showed up on that record. Hmm. Wow. wow. Yeah. And had I had a chance to really promote it, I probably would have did better selling it because I would have had a chance to put it across. But at that time, Shug Knight felt like some of those songs were about talking to Drake. Mm-hmm. And he just said, oh, that's not going to happen. You know, oh, no, you know. And so the album just just went away. Mm. So how did this collaboration with Tupac come about with Run the Streets? Oh, man, Tupac was like the collaborator. <laughs> he, you know. Yeah, this man was so unique in every way, uh, from a philosopher to a preacher to uh, an activist. I mean, he was an intelligent brother, and he was, uh, he didn't mind saying, here, do you need me to help you get in front of me? Mm. He was that type of he really was. So getting on um, with him was like, he didn't have a problem with it. He was like, come on. If I think you can fix this, you come on. 
do this, do could you come in here and, and I need you to sing this part. I'm like, what? You want me to, what? So I was like, yeah. You know, and he, um, he was a dream to work with and uh, a, a workaholic. And um, he was just a, an awesome human being. That he is, really was. That is incredible. Like, and then that song is just, it's such a great, a great song. Like, I listen to it, I would say, like, all the time. Um, mainly because I love your vocals on that song and I love how you sang it. And it's just, for me, it's just one of those, like, it's just a classic song for me. Thank you. And once again, how I presented it, how I came across. Like, mm -hmm. I, I was saying it in an angry but yet demanding way, you know, like. Like, <laughs> you know, you can run with him, but I don't care. I'm, I'm staying. I'm, I'm down. You know? Like, if you hear how I was, you can run the streets with your thug. You know, I'm telling him, I'm going to be right here. I'm, and I said it with the authoritativeness of how do I get this across? And that's, you know what I mean? It needed to be, it needed to come across. Mm -hmm. And I needed him to believe that I would be there. We have a ride or die. Understandable. I, I'm loving it. I do. I love it. So we're going to fast forward just a little bit. And I want to kind of discuss what you're currently working on and what we can expect from, from you in the future. Okay. Now, we're currently working on People have been waiting on the album for me for probably 20 years. Yes. Um, and I know, right? And I get this so much. Okay, 10 of those years, I went completely reclusive. Um, then I came back. I started. I never thought I'd get back to doing shows because it really wasn't something I came back to do. Mm -hmm. But the fans really wanted to, to hear me perform something that they'd never seen live. Mm -hmm. So I got into that. So I've been doing that believe it or not, for 10 years, love doing it. Um, I didn't know that everybody knew every song on the album, even yeah. the Hungary album that flopped. People <laughs> want to hear those songs. So I'm like, really? So my place as far as music is, I, one, I haven't, I haven't been hurt to be the, the answer got true to write a song from that place mm -hmm. that it, that I can make it authentic. I can write a song. I just don't think it would be authentic. Now, becoming a writer, people say, well, just become a writer. So I said, well, I'll do that. So I've just been writing songs to submit because I feel like I, I'm not, I can't authentically believe this or get it across. Um, and then I just got stuck. And then the songs I did do were just, they're just so dark. Mm. You know, and I go, well, gosh, I don't want to stay dark because I, I'm not depressed. I'm a, I'm actually a very um, um, undecisively happy human being. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you you got to be undecisive with your happiness. You can't be happy all the time. Um, but I think uh, right now I'm working on uh, music. As a matter of fact, I'm working on a song um, right now, which I'm always now. Will I get it out? I don't know because I always get to the point of, okay, we ready? And I go, no, it's not ready. <laughs> I need my God. How long can I do that? But I do owe my fans a record. And mm -hmm. I and I, if I give up nothing else, I am doing the EP. So I am going to do that um, for nothing else, not looking forward to chart, not looking forward to do anything other than give to them something that they can hear that is fresh for me, um, you know, to just add to what they already have. 
Well, we are definitely waiting for it and cannot wait for you to release new music. We are excited. I know, me too. I've been waiting on me to release it too. Oh my God. I've been like, oh my goodness. And other than that, I got, um, I'm signed to do uh, automation. So animation, automation, animation. Um, I get to play, I love that. So once I land one of those little cartoon characters, I'm going to be like, just on cloud 10. Um, and a book. Now, everybody's been asking me about this book. Now, I started this book rumor on R&D Divas, mm-hmm. like in 2012, maybe, 11, 10, 2011 or 12. I started talking about this book I'm doing. I'm doing this book. And so, to clear that up, I started doing a book. And then I, my children were very young. They were younger then. And mm-hmm. I thought, as we got into it, I said, they're not ready. For, you know, because they have to kind of, without, which I've learned, live a little bit of my life, yes. you know, whether they want to or not. So I shelved it and I said, no, you know, it's, this is not, it's not time for, you know, sometimes it's not a time for a book. Mm-hmm. And I need my fans and people to understand that some things are not yet ready to be read. So I said, no, okay. So now I'm doing a book, but it's a book. And I think it's an interesting book. It's an interesting take on not just me, but I think a lot of women will be able to um, uh, relate. And I think a lot of men will want to read it for the insight of how women think mm-hmm. and what what makes us what makes us want you in the first place. You know, what makes, because men always think we want them just because they have money or they got a nice car. Sometimes they think they're fine and we just so crazy, cuckoo, we do anything. And a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times that's not even the case. It's really us because at the end of the day, to be honest with you, we choose them. Mm-hmm. In a relationship, the woman actually makes the final decision of whether she want to be with him. He doesn't. This is true. Um, I think that's a good thing. Well, I'm definitely excited to read this book. It seems like you have put um, a lot of thought and also just telling your story and really making it um, relatable content that everyone can enjoy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It has to. Yeah. I can't listen. I'm all, I'm all for the women power movement. Of course, I've been chanting it for thirty something years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I think we need men, and we need them to understand us like they want us to understand them. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So knowing that yeah. you've been in this business for a very long time and the music that you have released has is just been so impactful and just, you know, telling your story, what would you say you would want your legacy to be? You know, what's funny, we were just talking about legacy and I really and this is gonna sound really crazy. I've never thought about having a legacy Mm -hmm. i didn't care about having a legacy nor did i care about the idea of when i'm gone what people would think of me 
Mm-hmm. I had never wrapped my head around that because I watch how legacies play out. And some, like, what we think we've known of someone and then they die and somebody tell you what they really, who they really were, your disappointment is on un- It's like, what? So, to me, a legacy is um, something that still has to be carried on by mm-hmm. your estate by your children, by if your children don't have the money, you know, the court and, and, and the, the other people get to control who they think you should be. And a lot of times it's more monetary than anything yeah. to keep the legacy going, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, so in my mind, I kind of never thought I needed it because I felt like, well, if I'm here while I'm here, I'm going to enjoy these rides at Disneyland. And then when I go, you know, you know, okay. You know, because I'm not sure my children are going to want to pick up the legacy. My children may want to be their own self people mm-hmm. like they do now. And I never had given you any thought process. So I think my legacy will be those for whom believed who I was while I was here and those who will cherish what I've done when I'm gone. I don't really, I think I'm here to be a sinner, a mistake maker, and also um, a fear of the unknown, which a lot of people call God. Um, so as far as building it, I, I don't want to create falsehoods. I don't want to create, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to go and clean up and, and make this, this is a spot here. And I don't want to take it and put a rug over that spot and keep living and making act like that spot's not there. Mm-hmm. So as far as building a legacy, I am building a legacy. We all do. We, unbeknownst to everybody. And I'm not, and I don't want to whitewash mine by trying to clean it up and be something that I'm not. So my legacy is going to be what it is, how it is, and and where it's going to be. How people are going to perceive me is the way they're going to perceive me. My legacy will be just that. Wow. My my daughter will tell you she'll tell you the same thing. My mommy was just like this and this and this and that. And I, I really honestly only believe that your children are the closest people to you can tell that can keep that legacy, not someone who you sold your catalog to. Mm-hmm. Because their their reasoning for keeping it alive is monetary, not love. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. I can definitely say that being a mother myself that, you know, having my son there and wanting him just to not even not even carry on what I have done, but just know, just just know and see and be able to experience it. Um, and, you know, be able to see it from himself that, hey, my mom is doing, you know, X, Y, Z. And I've seen her, you know, work hard and build this and do this and knowing that I can do these things for myself. Absolutely, but you know what? He may not. He may want to be his own self person. He may want to be his own first impression. So he may say, "Yes, my mother did this, and that's it." And here, and I'm mm-hmm. the congressman of so and so. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you say legacy, I don't want my my children to drown in the legacy of their mother to have to keep living that every day. I want them to be able to trump that ten times. And when they get back to me, say those nice kind words for a minute and keep going. 
But I, I don't, I, you know, do you, does it make sense to me, the difference of what I think the legacy of things are? Because a lot of times when I see legacy and I see, I, I watch these, uh, these documentaries now about like the DuPont family, I'd be like, well, my God, the legacy of that didn't work out too well. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, yes. you don't want to leave it there because his father was a great man, you know, in, in the sense of what we knew or thought. And then here comes the son and he ruins all of that. How is that possible? All some of the good things your family did, here we get to you, and now you just ruined it all for me. I, I don't, I just don't think that's how it should be. Oh no, not at all, not at all. Yeah, I mean that's just my take on it, and I hope I got that right with the Duponts. I, I, I think that was the one I was watching that. If I don't got the name right, I hope so, because I was watching this crazy show where he ended up killing somebody, and girl, you know I watched too much ID, and then you know. <laughs> And you know, and I was just like, my God, and and Jesus Christ, you know, they were they were he came out rich, you know what I mean? It's just the legacy is a, is a tough thing because although I know I wanted to be able to see what I've gone through, watched how I navigated it, and 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 drive to to be that, but I want her to be her own self person in the same way um, that. You don't want your son every day you go out with him that they, they, they always have to address, or he has to always go, or somebody always has to go, here's your mom, she's this great person, and she say, oh, hi, and you, you know, you don't want your children to feel that way, mm -hmm. or, you know, I, I go through it, and I, and I know it's not what I want, you know, she wants to be her own self-person, like, at all given, I know she's proud of me, I know she sees how hard I do work and do what I do, but I still think she wants to be, you know, I'm in the room and then we can talk about my mom. Okay. <laughs> Just, I get it. I get it. 100%. So when you think yeah. back about the music that you've put out and everything that you've done thus far, what would you say has been your proudest moment uh, in regards to your music? I think my proudest moments probably was I, I don't really have one i think my whole journey i think doing the the, the surviving compton uh and 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 knowing finally getting that uh closure about domestic violence that i just didn't know that people were going through to this day feeling mm -hmm. all alone for all those years that was a to me that was a huge accomplishment of of uh, something that I didn't even know was was lingering over my head. You know mm -hmm. how you don't you don't know that the cloud is still there. Oh yes, absolutely. And what it was, yeah. And that and that was so to me that was a huge accomplishment. to something that I never looked forward to, and something from so bad, something so good came. So I just thought that was a good accomplishment of so many things. Um, but I think, to me, I wake up every day, girl, listen, if I can get the car washed and they get all the water out of the cracks in my jeep, I'm, that's an accomplishment to me. Did you get that out? Oh, my God. You, I'm simple. So an accomplishment to me is, it, it doesn't have to be big. Mm -hmm. it, it could be the smallest things. I'm, you know, my daughter's in 11th grade. I feel like I've accomplished so much. Oh, my God. She got to 11th grade. In the music industry, just meeting all the people, having the opportunity to, with so many talented people in this world, being one that is one of, you know, the many that are recognized, mm -hmm. I think that's an, that's an accomplishment to me, um, just being recognized 
And of all things, I said this in an interview when I was 18 years old. He asked me, he said, what, what would be the one thing that you would want people to say about you 20 years from now or whatever when you're not uh, doing anything anymore? Uh, I said, I would just like to be remembered. Hmm. And I and I, and if that didn't come true, I was like, wow, I can't believe. He, I remember an interviewer asking me that, and I said, I just want to be remembered, you know. Out of everything you do, he just wanted to say, and I am. And so the universe, you know, it's doing what it does. I call people to pay my bill late. They go, is this Miss LA? Oh my God, we end up talking for twenty minutes. I'm on the phone with. <laughs> I'm trying to pay this late bill. Is you listening to me? funny all right well i think that is a good a good note for us to end on you know speaking in regards to your legacy and what you want to be remembered as um i do thank you for your time today this has been an incredible incredible experience for us here at zumble and we just cannot wait for all the things that you have in store we're, we're looking forward to your new music we're looking forward to your book and we just want to continue this journey with you. Oh, thank you so much. And when I got things, when I, I'm sorry, when I get things, you know, ready to roll out, you'll be, oh, don't forget my t-shirt line. It's 1913. It's from my grandma. It's vintage 1913, my grandma's birth year. I have a t-shirt, uh, t-shirt line coming out. Oh, and wow. don't worry, everything that I'm, everything that I'm working on, I'm going to keep you posted and you'll be one of the first to know. And thank you so much for talking to me and keep, and let me say something about Michelle I'm a simple human being with uh, very low expectations because that way everything always comes out better. Mm, that's a perfect way to end. Well, thank you so much for your time, and I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. Okay, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Uh, that was a fun interview. <laughs> it was. It yeah. was very fun. There were so many like powerful moments there. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just speaks to the strong person that she is and that she's been, everything she's endured over, her, oh, over the yes. span of her career, for sure. I loved hearing about her in the studio. Because mm. uh, that's what we live for here at 90s R&B University. We love hearing yes. about the moment that people were in the studio recording that song that we mm -hmm. <laughs> adore. You know, so just imagining her with in the studio in the booth, looking at Dre and singing those lyrics to him uh, mm. for something in my heart. It, it always felt like it was happening in the moment, and mm -hmm. now we know it was coming from a genuine place, a real place of emotion that she was feeling. Definitely, and I love the fact that she really ties her music to her life experience, yeah, her own yeah. life, because. You know, sometimes people put out music and it's what the label wants, and it's not mm -hmm. really authentic to yourself. Yeah. But with Misha Lay, her music was pure and true to, you know, who she is and what she was experiencing at that time. Yeah. And she didn't have to go through that, like, you have to put an album out because yeah. you signed this agreement. And, you know, it, because it was based on her, her genuine emotion mm -hmm. and where she was at the time, I mean, it was never forced upon her. She always gave us the real her yeah. music and I appreciate that um, I'm actually happy that she hasn't recorded much if that's weird to say um, mm -hmm. because something that she said that was really moving in your interview was that she hasn't really felt the pain to sing 
Mm. And, you know, we, we joke so much about, like, Mary, J. Blige, and, like, the happy songs and all that. But, yeah, yeah. you know, but before the music, behind music, you know, these are real people going through these things. And she oh, went absolutely. through so, so much. So part of me is happy that she hasn't had the chance to yes. record something because that means she's in a good place. Yeah. Oh, yes. 100%. Emotionally. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, and I, I agree with her. You know, you you don't think too much about your legacy. You know, it was a great mm -hmm. question that you asked her. And I loved her response. You know, just let it happen. Yeah. Uh, I think about, you know, all the biopics that we, we watch over the years. And no one plans for that stuff to happen. I mean, if you oh, could no. <laughs> write your own story, I doubt that, you know, some of the things you would happen to some of these people. To happen. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of let it flow. Let it flow. Uh, and something that she said that really, really stuck with me is, um, I'm here to be a mistake maker. Mm, I thought that was yes. fantastic. Yeah. You know, yeah. You knock me down nine and I'll get up 10. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, I also loved hearing, you know, what it means for you personally, you know, to be a mother of mm. a black man and, and guiding him along his path and letting him find his way and, and the way that she also allows her daughter to lead in the room before people, you know, try to bring her up and who, who yeah. her mother is, that sort of thing. It's important. It's so it important is. to it guide really your kids is. in that way. I'm not a parent, you know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, looking at you and, and hearing her story, you know, and even, even Brother Kurt, <laughs> you know, yes. it, it's, it's not easy. It's not, it's yeah. not. But you got to allow people to find their way and, and love mm -hmm. them Absolutely. through it all. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because of her experiences and surviving domestic violence, mm -hmm. uh, you know, her life, her life is really precious now. That's what I was also hearing from your interview. Like, yes. the way she was saying how she, like, celebrates, like, the small things, <laughs> you know. And you have to. You have about to. her car and <laughs> all that stuff, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You have to find that room to, to celebrate yourself, especially when you go through those type of experiences. Because during an initial aftermath, it's very tough. Like, it's mm -hmm. very hard to try to bounce back and, you know, find yeah. your light again. So I do yeah. appreciate that she was able to not only find her life, but also, you know, celebrate herself and celebrate her children and really learn from everything that she's endured. Yeah. And she's, she's been through so much and she's such a survivor and inspiration to everybody. Definitely. Uh, and she, like she said, she just wants to be remembered. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she's done that. Yes, we we still talking about her. We're still, <laughs> we love those songs that she gave us when she was yes, doing it, do. you know. And whenever she decides to release the book or if she does a t-shirt line or anything else mm -hmm. she does, you know, we'll support her because we, we love Nisha for sure. Yeah. 100%. So thank you for sitting down with her and giving us, giving us that conversation we needed to hear. Some of I was inspired. <laughs> <laughs> we'll listen to it again. <laughs> All right now. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, y'all know we haven't done it in a while. We haven't. We got, but we got our trivia is back. This is Shan's favorite thing. <laughs> it is. So I'm going to let you take time. it. Game time. Game time. Woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Z-Hive, I have a question for you. And if you've listened to the full interview, then you will know the answer to this question. All right. Hope they were listening. You ready? So what commercial jingle inspired... Michelet's songwriting. Mm. Say it one more time. 
What commercial jingle inspired Michelet's songwriting? See, I got to listen again because I missed that. <laughs> so hopefully the Z-Hive has been listening. <laughs> she, she, I'll give you a little hint. She said right. it was a favorite Rewind the tape. Bring it back. Bring it back. A little hint. She said it was a favorite of hers. <laughs> All right. Well, if you know the answer to that, then please, please, please hit us up on uh, Instagram at 90s R&D University. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll make sure you get a little shout out when you answer it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this was such a great, great interview. Um, sadly, we got to close out our episode. Oh, we do. Yeah. Right. It went so quick. <laughs> that know. it did. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as always, we want everybody to stay connected with us. We want you to, uh, of yes. course, follow us on Instagram, follow Hello Zimbo on Instagram, and visit www.hellozimbo.com. Uh, every week, you're going to get some great interviews and uh, articles from myself and Shan and Kevin Jr. and Jason G. and the whole Zimble tribe uh, to okay. keep you, keep you uh, <laughs> satiated throughout the whole week until we meet again. Uh, thank you, Shan, for sharing this interview with us. And, uh, yeah, this has been another great celebration of the, the mighty women of R&B. Uh, I'm yes. enjoying this month so much. <laughs> <laughs> And I can't wait for next week because it's going to be fire. Ooh, next week's oh, going down. man. It's going down. <laughs> it's going down. Y'all don't even know. <laughs> but just wait. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, as always, when to go, shout out to our Z Hive and just everyone who pours out love for us because we got love for you for sure. Uh, and we will see you again next week. I am the your professor. I am Shan, your first lady. And you know it. We love you, love you, love you for listening. Peace. Bye.